0: We need to listen to our customers because they are the only ones that tell us if you are doing things good or if you are failing. They are sending you alert messages all the time. The challenge is to listen these alert messages, how to action that and implement quick wins. Listen, improve, and implement. Listen, improve, and implement. In this way, they won't go, but sometimes companies just are not customer centric but egocentric, right?
1: Hey everyone and thanks for listening to and watching the 1 to 1 consumer marketing podcast. Really exciting episode today. I'm here with Luisa Muñoz, who is head of customer experience and CRM at one of the world's largest online betting exchanges. Luisa, thanks so much for joining with today.
0: Hi Ben, thank you for the invite nice to be here
1: yeah i'm looking looking forward to this conversation you know before we dive into some of the topics on consumer marketing and retention why don't you give our audience a little background on yourself uh, and how you ended up in your current role
0: for sure as ben said, uh, my name is luisa fernanda muñoz i'm from colombia i'm industrial engineer with a master's degree in industrial engineering and also a specialization in marketing and currently i just began a certification in ai You know, you need to be updated in the, in the trends. I have more than 12 years of experience in human to human digital marketing and customer relationship management. I have a background in managing service teams and loyalty programs and integrating all the entire digital ecosystem from a customer centric perspective. I began working in one, wa- in one of the most important companies in Colombia, in terms of media, El Quiempo Casa Editorial, there I managed the service team after that, the loyalty program. And when I was managing the loyalty program and the customer relationship cycle, I received a call from Samsung and Chail here in Colombia. They said like, Hey, we have a loyalty program. Do you want to manage that? I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> Samsung is a big company. Let's do it. I began managing the loyalty program. After that, I also assumed the responsibility of CDM and at the end I was managing all the digital ecosystem uh, for Samsung Colombia in the pandemic time. So it was a big challenge. Being there, I moved to this company. Now I'm in a a betting company as a head of customer experience when I'm responsible for the end-to-end customer journey. And the most important that ensure that we always deliver the promise of value. So something really interesting is that we have like a local model. So we need to ensure that every area works as in giant to ensure that we are delivering what the customer and the local customer wants. So it's a big challenge and we're really happy doing that. Mm.
1: Yeah. I can imagine uh, it's yeah. a very big challenge. Yeah, it's a very big challenge. Thank you. For the background, there's a couple of things I would love to dive into a bit more. First, I have to ask, you're an industrial engineer, right? By training, industrial engineer to marketing. I can see the fit a little bit with CRM, but I'd love to hear from you how you made the jump. You know,
0: you know that currently growth marketing is just to integrate a lot of processes and capabilities. And as an engineer and as an industrial engineer, you need to be able to integrate different processes in order to achieve a result. And here, and when you like take that to the marketing area, you just need to integrate all the company to acquire customers and to retain customers. So it makes all the sense when you put it in this place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you have a very systems-based approach uh, and you're probably not scared of getting into the details and the technicalities of everything that fits together, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love, yeah.
0: Technology and systematization for everything. But it's like, that's a good thing. And it's a good mix because you don't are are not like executing, but you're a thinker, but also a doer because you know how to do things because you're an engineer, but also you include the creativity to think the strategies. So it's a really good match.
1: Yeah, I believe it. I think in CRM in particular, that ability to zoom out, see the whole picture and then zoom back into the details that matter makes a big difference for your role.
0: You know, you... Sometimes find marketers that just know about one thing and they say like, I'm a marketer, but I just know about a SEO or I'm just know about PPC or I just know about brand. But being an engineer, you know, like if you're a really good marketer, you need to have the complete view and all the background to understand what are the um, the things that you need to activate or the triggers that you need to activate in order to make things happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have to ask also, because you mentioned Samsung uh, during the pandemic and taking over the whole digital experience. What was that like? I'm sure it was a crazy time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was just assuming the role and it's like, Hey, tomorrow you're gonna work from home. And after that, you never return to the company after one year, it was like crazy. And we needed to like do a big change because samsung it used to be a retail company and now we we were like no we cannot do retail we need to do digital and we need to sell not just a product but a benefit so so we are stronger together it was our thing so we were selling the way where you can communicate with all your family and we will give you this opportunity so it was a big challenge but also it was Really, really like satisfying at the end. You know that after six months, we were selling the same before the pandemic. So it was great.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it was a, an incredible experience to watch how quickly that shift. I think it's also a shift during the pandemic that a lot of, you know, long term changes, more things moving into digital. But then with the pandemic, everything basically happened and it overnight. Was yeah.
0: So fast, you know, it's yeah. like you need to. Think fast, act fast, change fast, react fast, everything about was fast because you didn't know how was it going to be, uh, how it was going to affect everything, uh, the customer's behaviors changed. So it was a really good example of, of fast reaction.
1: Yeah. And maybe that's a, could be part of your answer to the next question in terms of fast reaction, but how would you, how would you summarize the state of consumer marketing today?
0: I think that I can summarize it simple. I think that currently companies in the state of art of consumer marketing are focused on acquisition strategies that boost retention, you know, efficient uh, acquisition impacts growth, but retention strategies ensure the sustaining and long-term relationships, but you know, the budgets are reduced. So the main goal is just to attract users, not for the first transaction, but for the second and the third, and there is the change of the mindset before companies were focused on transaction and that's not anymore. Now companies needs to be focused on the relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, growth at all costs, I think is dead right now. We're definitely seeing all companies focus on retention, on really driving customer lifetime value higher, on building that relationship, like you said. And how do you think about customer retention and lifecycle marketing in that context?
0: You know, as I said, like customer uh, retention is mandatory if a company want not just to grow, but to remain over the time. For that reason, you need to structure and understand what is your customer life cycle, know your avatar, because maybe you have different customers. And so you need to build a journey for each one and you can have a lot of journeys and also a lot of funnels. So the definition of each touch point at any part of the journey, it's really relevant. Also the offer, the offer is everything for a marketer and the communications and the promotional strategy. So you Hmm. need to understand everything and just, and give this promotional strategy, not just for your new users, but your actual users, because they are the ones that are ensuring that your life in the life of the business, right?
1: Yeah, so true. You know, the offer is so key in continuing to drive those repeat purchases, those interactions. You know, at such a large online betting company, you must be sitting on an incredible amount of data, like a large amount of customers that are you oversee in terms of CRM. Can you talk a little bit? like how do you deal with that? What is your yeah. approach to it?
0: Sure. You know, here, retention is everything because for sure, you are receiving a lot of customers day by day. But here there is something really interesting, as Ian is that you need to find a match between, your avatar, because you have customers that play for entertainment, but there are other customers that play for win. So you need to understand this tricky thing here. Uh, You need to also bear in mind your commercial strategy, that there is something really important that you need also to think about the safer gambling responsibility. So you cannot push and push like another business because here you need to push, but the consumption, but with responsibility to don't create addict consumers because you don't want that. So at the end of the day, the retention, when the customers say it's knows nice that you are taking care of them, they value you more. And mm-hmm. that's a big change because I'm pushing you to consume, but with moderation for entertainment, with uh, taking care of you, we have a lot of tools to take care of our customers and that's about a uh, relationship is like mm-hmm. you need to push the consumption, but giving all the benefits and taking care of your customers. And we really take this very serious.
1: Yeah, I believe it. It's a very unique industry as well in that sense, right? Where it's not just about the consumption. Like you said, you have a responsibility. I'd love to understand a little bit more about that, right? How are you, do you? Define kind of limits of consumption within CRM, and then you flag people and and kind of adjust programs accordingly. What does that look like uh, on yeah, the ground, so to speak?
0: Like as you know, Colombia, or maybe you don't know about Colombia. It's the regulated country in Latin America. So we're we have a really strict regulation where we need to have controls in place, technological controls, but also we have a team that controls and monitors a customer's behavior. And we have flags at the beginning of the registration and we ask the customers to define limits, deposit mm-hmm. limits, time limits, winning and losses winnings, a lot of limits just to take care of them. So if they trigger a limit, we say like, stop, you're betting too much. You don't want that. So it's better to take some time and we can see you later. So it's kind of an example. If we see that they're, they're like touching one of their limits we come to them and they, we stop. It's like the best way to, to control them. Or if Mm -hmm. we see that in, in their behavior, there is something that is not normal. We also alert them, you know, it's part of our responsibility. And here we are talking about upper personalization because we need to understand and we need to know. Like the behavior of our customers, and for them, but also for the regulation, because we need to ensure that we are like achieving all what it requests.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that presents a lot of very big challenges when it comes to implementing sure. that type of hyper personalization and and finding the balance between increasing consumption, growing that lifetime value, and ensuring that you maintain the relationship. Can you? What are some of the the biggest challenges for you in that?
0: I think that there are like three main challenges here. First, it's like, don't forget to deliver the value offer. Sometimes you overpromise and super cheap, right? So, and you said like, here, you're going to win. You're going to receive that, 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 that at the end of the day, it depends on you. So we need to be always focused on the delivery, deliver the value offer. That's the first big challenge that companies and not just in my industry, in every company need to bear in mind. My value offer, my value offer, my value offer. And after that, you can include a lot of things, but always keep in mind the value offer. The second, I think, and it's a really big challenge, is to be present in customers' minds as a first option, but as the second option, as the third option, and be always present in our customers' mind. For example, in my industry, we have more than 17 direct competitors here in Colombia that also are operators regulated like They have a lot of options. So our challenge is how we can be present in their minds all the time, because it's a relationship. I have my boyfriend in my mind as a first, as a second, as a third option of the time. And it drives me to the third challenge. It's a really big challenge. And I work a lot, of, a lot of with that. And it's to listen my the voice, the voice of the customer. We need to listen our customers because they are the only ones that tell us if you are doing things good or if you are failing, they are sending you alert messages all the time. The challenge is to listen these alert messages, how to action that and implement quick wins, listen, improve and implement, listen, improve and implement. Listen, improve, and implement. In this way, they won't go. And, but sometimes companies just are not customer centric, but egocentric, right? And it's, they're like, I'm listening, I'm not thinking I'm doing the things good. And it it takes them to fail.
1: Yeah. I think it's very easy to. To say customer-centric, but to be truly customer-centric is a very different story. And making that a reality in all of your marketing is tough. I love the breakdown of those challenges, you know, in terms of laser-focused on the offer, right? Stay top of mind for your customers at all times and, and make sure that you really retain the voice of the customer. You mentioned it's I mean, very engineer, competitive, remember, right? It's, it's Yeah, you're you an engineer. On, so <laughs> the structure, I see the structure, which uh, I like. I'm a very... I think in a very structured way as well, I think. So that's, that's definitely my approach. I'm not an engineer, though. Can't claim that. But you did mention, you know, staying top of mind in a very competitive industry. How are you doing that? And do you have specific channels that you're seeing work better to stay top of mind? What is your kind of approach to that?
0: Yes, I think that you need to be in customers' minds at top level, at the medium level, and at the bottom level, right? So at the top level, you need to work in your brand, ATL for sure, influencers and all the rich that you can, because it can like say, like, oh, I hear something related with them, I saw something, I remember that their ambassador is blah blah blah. So for sure, the ATL and the top funnel uh, channels are really important to be in the customer's mind. But also, if you already have a customer, you need to be present. You have to have, uh, You need to have journeys, uh, CRM journeys. You need to understand your first part data. The experience, the customer experience at any part of the funnel would be excellent. If, for example, in my industry, you need to offer good uh, deposit channels. You need to have a good offer of markets, of games. You need to have like different ways to withdraw. And also you need to remember the customers, all the things are all the benefits that you can offer during the time. So all the channels that you can like trigger to be present in customer minds, you need to do it and it can actually to be like in a strategic way because mm-hmm. no matter the channel, you need to be like sending the same message all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so how do you make decisions when you're orchestrating that customer journey in terms of which channel at what time, you know, how are you building that customer journey?
0: It's a lot of planning, right? And as I mentioned, and working as a local model, you need to be here on the ground, knowing and understanding the local audiences and say, and tell your global teams how to like integrate everything in plans that can cover all the different points of contact about and doing all the customer journey.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting so in terms of that global model what does the team structure look like are you do you have kind of access to kind of global infrastructure in terms of technology crm and then you deploy those in local markets i'd love to learn more how you work with people yeah. and also how you work with technology to deliver that
0: yeah you know in local models you work with people from different countries of the world it's really really interesting but the most interesting thing is how you can work as a year. Uh, for example, you can have the technology team in one country, the service team in another one, the marketing global teams in another country, but all of us with the same goal, right? And that's the most important with the constant communication, with stru- with methodologies for planning, for execution, for reporting, for analysis, and it is not just like, oh, you're, you're Colombia, go and execute. No, it's like we are planning, we are reviewing, we are improving. We are listening our customer operations teams. We understand what happened with our customer, with our other, like monitoring areas. It's like I said, it's like a car and you need to make it work just like it's like a virtual car in a, in a digital world, because we are all in different places. In the
1: metaverse, spoken I, like I, a true, <laughs> Spoken like a true engineer. I, I love that. <laughs> uh, you know, every, I think every brand these days, you know, you mentioned how you're working with your your teams to kind of deliver that experience. And you also said hyper-personalization was something that stood out and the the importance of first party data in delivering that experience. Obviously delivering that at scale is very, very difficult, right? So how are you building those journeys? How are you connecting one-to-one with customers? And again, finding that balance between consumption and responsibility, where, how does it all work in your head?
0: Yeah. I think that first you need to design funnels and automated journeys, according to the experiences and the paths that you are expecting the customers to follow without forgetting the human to human relationship. Right? So you need to know and design your journeys according of what you want them to do. Everything should be planned and structure and think the good, the bad things, because we are in a regulated market, so we cannot have nothing like a lucky or let's see what happens. Everything should be designed, planned and analyzed. Also, we need to implement AI tools to learn about customer's behavior, because if done, we will need like a lot, a lot, a lot of people like being there connected understanding what's happening so you really need to have a strong technology but more than the technology you need to use that technology to offer and uh, communicate dynamic contents products and services focus on these customers knowledge
1: yeah so a lot of a lot of moving parts to deliver that personalized dynamic content you also mentioned AI right that's a big topic these days how are you incorporating that is it for predictive modeling? Is it to understand how like all the data that's going on, like what the next best offer might be? You know, I think every company is, especially in CRM is trying to understand how do we use AI to better orchestrate journeys, to better connect with our customers? I'd love to hear how you're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, I think that you can use AI at any part of your journey and in your different areas. I can give you an example. For example, here in my industry, there are bedbots that recommend selections to the customers according to their transactional behavior. So it's a really clear example of a hyper-personalization. You can do like some kind of bets and the next bet, I'm going to recommend you how to bet. It's something really cool and that customers value a lot because sometimes there are like selections or markets or events that they don't know, and we are saying like, Maybe you would like that. And it's because of your transactional behavior. Also for CRM, I think that we have been using the, like this AI for a lot of time. When we do a segmentation, when we create different avatars, when we, I think that when we work in CRM, we need to use a lot of the, a lot of the, the technology to understand all the data that we are receiving for our customers to do really good journeys and really good targets.
1: Yeah, it's such a unique experience, I think, too, because you have so much transactional data, right? It's not like an e-commerce company where you have maybe one purchase every few months, maybe more if you're really good at retention, but here you probably have a much higher transaction rate with a core group of customers, and so you're sitting on really like a gold mine of zero and first-party data. And I'm sure it's very, very fun to play with responsibly, of course, of
0: course, <laughs> For Sure, yeah, it's like data. It's like a buffet. You have a lot of food, but you need to like select what to eat in order mm. to be efficient. And because as you say, there's a lot of data, but you cannot consume that or action that. So you need mm. to select your KPIs and your specific goals. Just like you don't get lost is if you go to Disney or, or no, an attraction parks. You want to visit everything, but you can't. So you need to be really strategic. Strategic, like by selecting what you really need to achieve your commercial goals. For that reason, before I was telling you, you need to match your customer knowledge, your commercial goals, and their responsibility that you have with your customer.
1: Yeah, that's so true. The focus, it's easy to lose focus when you're swimming and maybe drowning in data. That that focus is so key to achieve your goal. Speaking of KPIs, right, when you're looking at your customer experience, what are the KPIs for you? What kind of is that North Star?
0: Yeah, I think that is just to understand your customer lifetime value and something really is like your net promoter score is like. hmm do you, can you recommend me? Yes or no? If they can't recommend you, you're doing things good. But if they can't, you need to improve a lot. Sometimes you pull, you can say, and you can talk a lot about KPIs, but when you talk about customer experiences, like, you are my customer. Do you want to stay here with me? Yes. Do you want to recommend me? Yes. Okay. We're great. I'm doing everything good. Yeah. I'm not, oh, tell me how can I improve? Oh no, you can do that. Okay. I'm going to do it. But it's sometimes it's simple, but it looks and mm-hmm. companies go so sophisticated, and they get lost.
1: Yeah, I love that keeping it simple, right? Knowing knowing your LTV very very well, and then also making sure the benchmark is really would this customer recommend us? If they are, they're probably happy. So I think that's a, a great way to keep something very complex and boil it down to be simple and actionable. Looking, you know, a bit over your career so far, you know at in betting uh, at Samsung, at uh, all the other companies that you've worked at, what are kind of three pieces of advice you would have for other consumer marketers? Or well, I like to frame this sometimes in the way of like, what do you wish you knew at the start of your career that you know now?
0: I think that I said before one of these. It's like don't overpromise and super cheap. It's like a big one in my life. I'm always like following this path. Always, you need to deliver what you promise as a premise. Like, it's like the first thing that I'm always keeping in mind. Second, when you're talking about strategy, acquire to grow, but retain to stay. In other words, you need to look for relationships and not for transactions. And it's good for a a small company, for a big one. So you always need to look for relationships. And the third one, it's related with this and it's that a relationship with your customer is the same that a relationship with your couple. At first you flirt, you get in love, you begin a relationship, but if you don't sustain it in a creative way, it gets boring or useless and it ends. And if you don't have customers, you don't have business. It's simple like that.
1: <laughs> I love that because there's a lot of talk about customer relationships, obviously in the, in marketing, but boiling it down to something that human as well, right? How do we stay creative? How do we maintain connection? How do we maintain trust, right? Keep all of those things, keep our customers coming back. I think that's thinking about it in I terms know, of the... You
0: trust and trust. You just can build this trust, listen to your customer. If you're doing something bad and they tell you that you're doing something bad and you fix it, they will trust in you. But they, if they send you alert messages all the time and you don't listen, they won't trust in you. And they say like, sorry, you're not listening to me. Maybe I need to go. Right.
1: Yeah, like every relationship as well, right? Like if we hear what the other person is saying and we ad- adapt our behavior, then we've we've built trust and we've improved the relationship. But if if we don't, I can tell you that's how bad relationships have have ended for me as well.
0: <laughs> and now we do it with love and it's another topic. Yes. it's really easy to find another option.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thinking about that, right? Thinking about relationship building and, the, you know, the existing market right now, which is really so focused on efficiency and just how competitive it is, particularly in your industry, five years thinking about the future. What does it look like for you? What does consumer marketing look like? Is it all the same? Are there big changes?
0: I think that with AI development, this is like the big question mark, right? In my opinion, consumer marketing will become more and more important because it will, the artificial intelligence can provide a lot of information, cannot provide relationships. Right. And that's our reason in the world, like provide relationships and make things happen with love. And that's something that you cannot replace with technology. So I think that people like you or me will remain really, really more relevant in companies trying to articulate all the technology to create better relationship with our customers.
1: Yeah, I love that. I also couldn't agree more that, you know, it can help technology will help with execution, delivery, like ingesting the data, but at the end of the day we're marketing to humans. We need to connect with humans and you mentioned it human yourself, human right? Human to, to human. That. You said that many times over the course of the interview and I love that phrase because just using it consistently reminds us. We love to play with technology as marketers, but we have to remember that it's human to human in the end and we have to tell stories. We have to really connect with people and we have to maintain relationships. That's how build we're going to build. Relationships, yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, Luisa, thank you so much. That's all we have time for today, but I would love your perspective on this. You know, If people want to hear more about your work and kind of follow you, where should they go?
0: LinkedIn, Luisa Fernanda Munoz, you can type and you will find me. So right. whatever you need, just let me know. Connect, let's connect, and let's talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Start a relationship. You know, send a DM. Uh, let her know about oh my the. Oh
0: But you made it okay. a commercial relationship. You
1: know, a commercial relationship <laughs> is is enough. You know, uh, professional. But yeah, I think. And also, same for me. You know, I'd love to hear feedback on the podcast. Please don't hesitate to send me a DM on LinkedIn, or check out Spectrum on LinkedIn to hear more about what we're doing in the messaging space. Louisa, really, really fun to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for coming.
0: Oh, thanks for the invite. And whatever you need, let's create a relationship.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you heard her. All right. Have a great day to all the listeners out there.
0: Okay. (laughs) Bye.